I'll have to look it up, but I wonder if this is this big, large softshell turtle. I'll, wait, I'll, I'll cut that part out. What? I have it in here. The oh. Yangtze giant softshell oh, turtle. Raphidus. That's a, pff, you're way ahead of me. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Turtles. I am Ryan. I'm Rebecca. And we are here today to bring you episode three which is a pretty cool episode who my lovely wife developed the uh outline for and i'm excited to talk to you guys about it what are we talking about today today we are going to start talking about turtles in cultures different cultures around the world and we're gonna start with china japan and vietnam that's pretty cool so this is basically uh part one in a series part one Yes, it was. There's too much information to do it all in one episode. Turtle mythology part one. And my dog just <laughs> fell out of his. Poor Grimmy. Oh yeah, our poor Doberman. Well, I say that, but so he's got. He's one of those dogs, as the vet tells us. You know, some dogs are just like this, mm-hmm. uh, where he just eats stuff, like like anything. Like anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when he was like five months old. He shredded a toy and ate the nose, like the hard, squeaky nose of the toy. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'd think he'd pass it or poop it, did he? Nope. He sure didn't. Nope, it got lodged in the intestines, and they had to go in and, of course, do emergency surgery. Yeah. Yeah. So. So that was like May. Yeah. That was cool. So this, which brings us to this past week. I'm sorry, Grim is not a turtle. He is a he is a Doberman, a red Doberman, a very awesome, cool dog who just for whatever reason won't stop eating stuff. So, uh, at some point uh, this past week, he started vomiting and didn't eat it like he normally would. You know, <laughs> it was just done. laying there, which was super odd for him because he eats everything. So, yeah, took him to the vet, and by golly, there's a sock inside of him that just won't budge. Well, they didn't know. They're just like, there is something. We have to get in there. And I was like, great. This is great. So let's, I mean, yeah, come up and pull it out. Fantastic. So, so they, they did. We got it back. I don't think anyone wants to wear that sock anymore, but now we have a cone-headed Doberman. I'm the culprit. Yeah. It was my sock. Uh, I must have gotten it from the bathroom. He's quick. So I went into the backyard today, which I hadn't been in it because it's been terrible, terrible weather. And I went into the backyard and found a bunch of vomited up clothing. <laughs> I found two additional socks, three baby wipes, which came from a diaper that he ransacked out of the garbage, brought it in the backyard, opened it up, and, and ate the wipes and oh, the baby feces. God. So gross. <laughs> oh, gosh. And then he also had eaten a pair of underwear. So... But it's not like he ate it and shredded it. He just like gulped it down whole like a freaking snake. Like they were like, I could wash them if I wanted to. And you'd never know that he had eaten them. They'd gone into his stomach and that he had then regurgitated them. But I think we'd have to wash them several times. Yeah. Little did we, we know. We didn't though. We threw everything no, away. Everything got thrown away, obviously. Oh but little God. did we know that. 
two socks, a pair of underwear, and three baby wipes he could handle. But that third sock. You just did a man. That's what did it. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm, well, I'm glad he barfed it up, I was thinking. Because if they had, we brought All him to the stuff, vet. Yeah. And they like did the radiographs. And they were like, what are you feeding your dog? Are you feeding him your laundry? I would have just said probably. Probably we are. I yeah. can't help it. Why wouldn't we? So anyways, he's been real real sad and uh, sleepy, you know, since we got him back. But he was curled up in a beanbag, <laughs> and he fell asleep and just slid out, which started this whole conversation. Anyways, uh, welcome back. To back. Turtles. So it's you know, it's that kind of stuff that happens in life that makes a podcast delay a little bit. <laughs> and that's just one of many. So welcome back. Yeah. Anyways, so... It's it is great to have you back. We're sorry for the delay. We will not delay our next one. Oh gosh, I hope another one of our animals doesn't have to go to the vet with socks lodged inside of them. Emergency laundry surgery. Yeah. Let's hope that doesn't Let's happen hope again. That doesn't happen. Well, first we we like to talk about a positive turtle article, and uh, it's not really a news article today, but I am a big fan of the Holmes Hinchback tortoise. It's an African genus of tortoise called Conixus. And this one in particular is Conixus homiana. And some big news. This is an animal that it was always imported a lot and um, really needed some protection because it was just taken and, and exported like crazy. The IOCN red list has finally given this animal a little bit more protection and it is listed as critically endangered. I'm hoping that listing this will help thwart some of the import exports uh, that are going on with this animal. So a little bit of good and bad. Bad because it's not doing great or else they wouldn't have to list it. But good that they listed it so that it can be a little bit more protected. Yeah. Usually action is spurred when you have things like this happen. I think it's good news. So yeah. in lieu of that article, I just wanted to discuss that. I mean, it's sad. Yes. Habitat loss and, and pet trade and bush meat. Bush meat? They eat them? Yes. Huh. Quite frequently. They're There's, not very big. Like, that can't be much of a meal. That's why you got to get a lot of them. Oh. Anyways, I think we know what time it is. Let's, let's talk, talk turtles. turtles. All right, so let's jump right into it. Uh, where should we start first? Let's start with China. Start with China. All right, honey bunny. Hmm. Tell me about turtle mythology in China. Well, for turtle lovers such as ourselves, it should be no surprise that turtles are considered one of the most sacred creatures or animals in China. There are three other sacred animals, and they are the phoenix, the unicorn, and the dragon. So of the four, the turtle is really the only one that I have ever seen in real life. I'm not saying that unicorns don't exist. I've just never seen one before. Uh, I wouldn't even suggest that phoenix and dragons don't exist either. No. But yeah, we have seen... A turtle or two. And I think it's kind of cool that they are a creature that probably most people have seen. And they're one of these sacred animals in the Chinese culture. Well, turtles have been around a long time, as we saw in previous, uh, if you listen to us in previous episodes. So it's it's not surprising that they would be seen by culture throughout history. But I, I guess I am a little surprised at how prominent they are, at least in Chinese culture. So what is it about turtles that make them so prominent in culture in China? Well, you kind of hit on one thing, that they've been around for a long time. Turtles have been on this earth for millions of years. So, you know, they they rarely die from disease. They can go for extended periods of time without food. 
And having such long lifespans, the Chinese culture believed that they have supernatural powers because a lot of them can outlive us. Chinese culture has kind of given them this supernatural power. So they're basically superheroes. They are, like superheroes in a shell. (laughs) (laughs) Since turtles have these supernatural powers, it's believed that they contain the secrets of heaven in their shell and the secrets of the earth in their body. They might, though. They probably do. They, I mean, just think about it. Turtles, they don't move extremely fast, so they take in everything. They're just looking all around and understanding what is going on in the world and just soak it all in. Yeah, I think you're going to learn a lot from a turtle. Be quiet. <laughs> stay out of uh, stay out of stuff and just live a long time. I'll probably take that out. That was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> But they have been used and not worshipped, but revered all throughout Chinese history. Um, back to the Shang Dynasty when their shells were used in ceremonies and temples to predict the future. And they were even worshipped in some of their temples. Turtles were worshipped? Yes. They should be worshipped. They should be. They deserve it. Now, I right here, um, I think everyone's familiar with like, feng shui like the way you move things around yes. in the room to kind of increase the positive flow and energy mm-hmm. um, but turtles have a pretty strong connection to feng shui is that am i reading that right they do yes in china they have a feng shui turtle and depending on where you put the turtle in your house will depend on how it's going to help you so if you take this turtle and you put it in a north direction it can maybe support your career and business projects Or if you put it in a westerly direction, particularly near a main door, it can provide stability and strength and kind of bring protection to your home. The feng shui turtle is supposed to have a lot of energy and just power to make your home and your area that you are in just even better than it already is. So can you, are you only allowed to have one turtle in feng shui or can you have... I'm not really sure about that, but I would imagine the more the better, right? Depending on where you put them. Yeah. 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 I would and these think are, so. These are model turtles in feng shui, right? Not, or are they live? I think most of them are model. So don't get the idea that we need to put live turtles everywhere upstairs in our house. I don't think there's anything wrong with getting more live turtles, but... I was just thinking how hard it would be to keep a live turtle pointing one direction. In one particular area. You'd have yeah. to train it really well. I think it would end up being like a bones, no bones. Like, where is the, <laughs> where is this turtle pointing today? Oh, we're going to have energy. wealth and prosperity energy today. All right. Yeah. So we should just get a lot of model turtles and point them in all the good directions. All the good directions. I dig it. Let's yes. get to I'll be on Amazon shortly. Perfect. There are guidelines for the feng shui turtle. Can you go over some of those guidelines that you found? Yes. Each year, the feng shui turtle and the feng shui energies kind of shift depending on the birth element for the year. So before you go placing your turtle in exactly the right spot, you always have to kind of line them up together when you are trying to make a decision which would be the suitable location for your turtle. And it's also recommended that they're made from certain materials that are specifically used for feng shui purposes. What are those materials? I'm not really sure. I didn't really go into it, mm. but I am I know that you could probably find it. 
Yeah, well, this is not like a six-hour no. We just podcast, didn't have so enough time we are to introducing people to a lot of to some of these things throughout culture. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I dig it. So we're talking Shang Dynasty, sacred animals, wisdom, endurance, long life, feng shui, turtles, mm-hmm. and this is just a tip of the iceberg for stuff in in Chinese culture with turtles. But this is like some of the coolest stuff you found. Yeah, I thought it was really neat, and I think everyone can use some feng shui in their lives. Yeah, why not? Regardless of yeah, if you believe it or not, what could it hurt? Everyone could use a little bit of extra positivity, I'm sure. Yes. So let's jump across the channel from Mm -hmm. China to... Japan. Japan. Yes. I would imagine that these turtles might also symbolize wisdom and longevity. Seems to be a theme. Yes, and luck. They are supposed to bring their owner 10,000 years of good fortune. So just think how many years of good fortune we have. Oh my gosh. With all the turtles. Yeah. We have thousands and thousands. Yeah. So that is a good reason to get more turtles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So stop telling me not to get more live turtles. Do you know who could use 10,000 years of good fortune? Tell me. Grim. So maybe we should oh. buy him a turtle. <laughs> I don't know if we mentioned the name of our dog earlier, oh. but Grim is the dog. So yes. yeah. Is there anything? Uh, yeah. Where we could point the turtle to uh, decrease the visibility of laundry in that dog's I'm going to check into that because that would be an ideal use of a turtle. So are turtles superheroes in Japanese culture as well? They are. They're believed to have magical powers. And just like the turtle in Chinese cultures where the shell of the turtle represented the heavens and the body kind of represented the, the earth. So it's like that in Japan too. Um, and when we talked about China, we talked about the feng shui turtle. And in Japan, their big turtle symbol is Genbu. And I apologize if I am saying these or pronouncing them incorrectly. I took German in high school, so... Well, I took French, so... Yeah, between the two of us, we're real dumb when it comes to correct pronunciations in Chinese and Japanese and Vietnamese culture. Basically any... Any, any really anything even though i took french i i'm sure i mangle french words so yeah but so jenbu is one of the four sacred animals in japanese culture and the purpose of jenbu is to protect the city of kyoto kyoto yes he is a black turtle and he's sometimes represented as a combination of a turtle and a snake so that's like your favorite kind of superhero, I think. Yeah, I'm going to have to go uh, on Fun of Classifieds and see if I can find one of these. Yeah. But when he is combined as a snake and a turtle together, the turtle portion represents longevity and immortality. And the snake portion represents reproduction and multiplication. And I don't think they're talking about like the mathematic multiplication. No, I would imagine they're talking about the same thing. Yeah. So am I reading that it was believed that all turtles were females and had to mate with a snake to reproduce? Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's what they thought. Like I, That's what they thought. Oh, of actual living turtles, not just Jin Boo. Right. Hmm. Right. That would um, be crazy. Yeah, and so that's We've why... We've been those... doing it all wrong, people who yeah. are keeping turtles. <laughs> and that's why the intertwining of those two animals not only brought about a symbol of long life and fertility, but it was kind of like a balance of yin and yang in their culture. Um, so they didn't necessarily think of snakes favorably sometimes. It didn't. I mean, yin and yang is a balance of light and darkness, right. good and bad. Right. 
Right. Or turtles were dark. Maybe the, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? But he spans seven of the 28 constellations in the sky. So that takes up roughly a quarter of the night sky, that, this turtle. That is a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to try to find him. And like every good sacred animal in a culture, they obviously have to have some sort of element. So the dark turtles or the black turtles element is water. They have to have a season. So it is winter. And the planet Mercury was associated with this turtle as well, as long as the color black. Well, that makes sense if he's called the black turtle. Yes. And isn't it interesting because since... We keep turtles, and we know that most of them like warmer temperatures. It was believed that he had the ability to control the cold. Hmm. So I don't know if he liked the cold or not, but it was believed that Jen Bu was able to control how warm or cold it felt. Now, is is Jen Bu, are there any temples or enshrinements in Japan where they still kind of pay respects? Or well, in Kyoto, this the city that he is supposed to be protecting. There is an actual Genbu shrine, which makes sense because he is the guardian of the north and the guardian of that city. So they still do have a shrine built for him. Well, put that on the bucket list. <laughs> yeah, I would love to. I'm also reading here that he was viewed as having soothsaying powers and had the ability to travel between the lands of living and the dead, which is kind of incredible. Like this turtles were very strong mm-hmm. prominent figures in both the living life and the afterlife highly respected animals but you know reading all this what is there an origin like where did Jen Bu come from like it wasn't just like oh hey there's Jen Bu. i mean there had to be signs and development of this kind of like figure in history it's actually kind of interesting because Jen Bu kind of starts out in chinese mythology So there was a Taoist god who lived in northern China in the mountains back in prehistoric times. Um, And he realized that to achieve full divinity, he would have to purge his mind and body of all impurities. So while he was in the mountains, his mind became enlightened. But because he still had to eat earthly food, there was sin that still remained in his stomach and intestines. So what did he do? He cut them out oh. and washed them in a river to purify them. And if that wasn't kind of scary enough, when he did it, his stomach turned into a large demon tortoise and his intestines turned into a demon snake. So that kind of backfired a little bit. It did. It did. And together, those two demons terrorized the countryside where he was until finally this Taoist god was able to subdue them but he did not destroy them. He allowed them to atone for their sins by serving him. So they became his generals. And the shell was like a suit of armor and is viewed as a warrior deity. And so eventually, Jen Bu and his symbols were mostly absorbed. And this is where Jen Bu was created. From these two demons that came together to serve and help this Taoist god. It's a lot to unpack. I mean, it is. He purged himself, so his mm-hmm. stomach and intestines became demon, tortoise, and snake, mm-hmm. which he then had to defeat. Mm-hmm. And then he said, "No, nah, I don't have to kill you. You just serve me." And then over time, they kind of got rolled together, and they became Jen Boo. Right. 
Incredible. I love I mythology. That is such a cool story. Yeah. It was really interesting to read about. So again, lots to unpack in, in Japanese culture. And this is, Genbu is probably the most relevant one, which is why we focus on Genbu so mm-hmm. much. And really, really cool. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, let's jump around a little more. Okay. And uh, let's talk about Vietnam. Okay. So they also have four mythological creatures. Four must be a very important number. I know. I feel like maybe it's because like north, south, east, and west, like four seasons. Yeah. I don't know how many, like earth, wind, fire. Yeah, there's like four. Four of those. Yeah. yeah four is a big number. Yeah. It must, it's, we could go into it if we had a longer podcast and really go into that, but I'm sure it matches up to those things. I'm sure it's a yeah, very common number say. in nature. Yes. But therefore, mythological creatures are the dragon, the Chinese unicorn, the phoenix, and our friend the turtle. And of those four, obviously, the turtle is the only one that we have seen in real life. Again, yeah. Not saying the other ones don't exist. No, I'm sure they do. I just haven't seen them, unfortunately, because I would love to see them. So I would imagine there are still some similarities uh, why turtles are revered again. They became a symbol of longevity and spiritual strength and just that all-around immortal intelligence in all three of the cultures that we've been talking about today. That is probably the best way I've seen that written, that longevity equaling spiritual strength or immortal intelligence. Yeah. And in Vietnam, they have a temple of literature in Hanai, and there are 82 stone sculptures of turtles carrying stone plates and... The purpose of those turtles was they would put the name of doctoral graduates on them. So these turtles are a symbol of just highly intelligent people and just very strong people in their culture. So you're telling me that we need 82 turtles. Well, do you know that many doctoral graduates? No, I'm focusing to, I'm choosing to focus on just that 82 turtles is what we should focus on. So let's get some more turtles. <laughs> what I so reading through this, what I also like about this, of course, we'll get to it. There's a, a prominent singular turtle deity of some kind mm-hmm. in this culture, but mm-hmm. looks like you have you found some historic tales from mm-hmm. Vietnamese culture yes. concerning our colonial friends. Yeah, but which one do you think has survived? It was the most prominent, has survived throughout the years. Uh, the the tale of the golden turtle. Mm. So there was a farmer that had gained strength from a heaven-sent blade. And he used that blade to drive out the Ming army, I guess, when they were invading. And so because he did that, he was crowned emperor. And he went boating on a lake in Hanai. And his trip when he was out on this lake was interrupted by this huge golden turtle that emerged from the water to retrieve the weapon. Because it, it wasn't his anymore. Because he had used it to do what he needed to do. So the lake was renamed the Lake of the Returned Sword. And the blade was never seen again. But the sacred turtle has maintained a curiously high-profile presence in the Vietnamese culture. The golden turtle. The golden turtle. And even currently, it looks like it is. it has achieved deity status as the protector of this capital mm-hmm. city. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of immortalized in art and architecture all around Hanai. Okay, so we see how this golden turtle kind of helped out 
uh, Lei Loi, the farmer who who beat the Ming army. Mm-hmm. But can you tell me more about the golden turtle itself? Like, well, he has gained like the same kind of status as the Loch Ness monster. There have been sightings of this giant turtle in that particular lake where it is said that um, he returned his sword to him. And if somebody is fortunate enough to see the golden turtle, it's said to bring them good luck. So in 1967, so these, I mean, this has been going on for such a long time. And in 1967, a 550-pound male turtle climbed to the shore and then died. But um, he's been preserved and placed in a glass box in one of their temples because he could have been the golden turtle. Oh, that's pretty cool. It is. And then in 1988, there was more footage of a giant turtle that was recorded. And then, yeah, more. And then in 2000, scientists thought that the turtles that occupied that lake could be a new species. And what did they name it? Because I can't read weird names. (laughs) Uh, Raphidus is the genus. Mm -hmm. And it looks like uh, Laloyai. Which is that last part is for that farmer who mm-hmm. got the blade. Yeah, to honor the legend of yes. the man who kicked out the, the Ming army. Yes. And then after three years, there was more evidence and it was determined that they were actually Yangtze giant softshell turtles that were living in there. Which is the rarest freshwater turtle. And currently, there are only four known to exist, you know, due to habitat loss and stuff, but there are two wild and two in captivity and both are pairs a male and a female the ones in captivity are in a zoo in china and there have been mating efforts but so far they have not been successful now unfortunately turtle sightings in the lake ended on january 19th 2016 when the last turtle was pulled out due to polluted water. So it wasn't a dead turtle, but they pulled it out because the water in that particular lake had gotten really polluted. The good news is that this city and all the people that live there have realized the problem, and they are working really, really hard to turn that water around so that one day maybe they can reintroduce turtle species back into that water. I'm sure that the legend continues on. Oh, Even yeah, the legend like, continues. Like the, the golden turtle is probably still in there. I'm sure. I mean, if you're a golden turtle who has crazy powers, a little pollution isn't going to stop you. I would much rather spend money and go over there and look for the golden turtle than the Loch Ness Monster. Really? Yeah. Come on. I, I've always been a fan of Nessie. I think this is really cool, but... Oh, well, we can go try we to find go Nessie to afterwards. Places. Yeah, we'll just go try to find the golden turtle first. Okay. <laughs> this isn't Let's Talk Nessie. It's Let's Talk Turtles. I wonder if there's a podcast about that, though, because that would be interesting. About what? The Loch Ness Monster. Oh, I'm sure there's several. Yeah. All right. That was some cool information. I think what I like the most is how consistent a turtle is just in its form throughout time. Mm-hmm. And that it, that consistency is recognized in so many different cultures in, in Asia. And there's a lot of congruence in why they are revered and, and why they're so sought after. Yeah, I think that a turtle basically staying the same throughout the ages is a big contributing factor as to why these cultures just find it so awe-inspiring. 
I loved it. I loved it. This was such a cool episode. Yeah. A lot different. Um, I think we got to hear a nicer voice talk <laughs> more more than more than mine. But I love the the angle we took. And then again, this is just part one. So yeah. there. Hopefully, this has uh, intrigued you a little bit. So that if you think it's cool, you know, keep looking and digging a little further and see what else you can find. We're already. Uh, pretty far into where we typically want our episodes to be. Mm-hmm. And we, I mean, we just scratched the surface on some of this really, really cool information. So thank you, honey, for putting together a wonderful outline and something I've been looking forward to talking <laughs> about and listening to and learning for a while. And we finally got the time to do it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, we're <laughs> going to go to the Cincinnati Zoo Festival of Lights tonight. And uh, in order to do so, the kids had to go downstairs and be quiet so we could. Uh, <laughs> So we could record. Yeah. And even that was barely working. Yeah. You don't even know. Editing <laughs> is so nice. <laughs> but we love them, and the, mostly they were good throughout this whole time. So Thank now we're going to start getting ready to get out of here and go see some awesome holiday yeah. lights. Start the holiday season. Well... Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. And now, probably your favorite moment of our podcast. One question interviews with the children. See you next time. Hey, Emmy. Yes? Well, today we learned that in China, Japan, and Vietnam, there are four sacred animals. Dragons, unicorns, phoenix, and turtles. So of those four, which one have you seen in real life? I've seen a unicorn in real life. Where did you see a unicorn? In the Forbidden Forest at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. You went there? Yes. Oh, well, there you go. You sure you haven't seen a turtle? I'm positive. I'm positive. All right, then. I guess we don't let her down there much. (laughs) Hey, P. Hey. So today we talked about really cool animals. I want to know, which one of these animals have you seen in real life? A turtle, a phoenix, a dragon, or a unicorn? Um, a unicorn. You saw a unicorn? Yeah. Where did you see a unicorn? Um, in um, real life. In real life. Well, you can't argue with that. Do they eat cotton candy? I would too if I were a unicorn. Thanks for your answer. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>